Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Well, Tony, it is good to be back with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Been busy, but uh, as I always say, <laughs> it was always true. Uh, but the Ravens have been turning around, and that's made me happy uh, without Joe Flacco, which is not a surprise that the absence of Joe Flacco hasn't exactly hurt the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, they beat my Falcons uh, this this past Sunday, um, which, I mean, that's, again, no surprise there that they lost, but... Um, and I'm also been dominating our fantasy football league, and it uh, looks like you may make the playoffs, but are kind of on a tight uh, uh, fight there for the playoffs. Yeah, I've, I think I've picked up two in a row. Uh, <laughs> still just uh, hung on to Le'Veon Bell for a long time. I'm hoping he's going to come back, and I just think that one uh, that one's closed, so I just had to get rid of him and pick up somebody that could actually put some points <laughs> on the board. Yeah, you were hurt pretty bad by that, so, but... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with my season. In both of my leagues, I'm number one, and uh, and the league that we're in together, uh, in both the both games that I lost, I lost twice, and I was within five points of winning. So, nice, nice. Well, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I sure did. Uh, that it was fun. Went down to North Carolina to see my in-laws, and I enjoy my in-laws, unlike some people. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> the uh, so it was a good time. It was refreshing and relaxing. I'd say. How about you, Ben? Yeah, we did. Uh, had a long trip, but we got to see my in-laws as well, and I enjoy mine as well, and some extended family. So we had a good time together, and uh, we had a little snow. So that was fun for my kids because we had snow uh, in Kentucky. But we don't have snow here, or not very often, so they enjoyed throwing snowballs at me and making a snowman and all that kind of stuff. And we got to see the Amish, so that's that's kind of a novelty. <laughs> okay. So it's just, you know, like it, I, I was like a little kid the first time. I was like, whoa, I've, those people that I've heard about, they, they're real. Um, uh-huh. Just wasn't expecting them to come clopping down the street in their buggy and, you know, just with a blanket on it, like you know 25 degrees um there aren't many yeah. of them out in georgia are there um i've never spotted them we have some mennonites but um not not quite the step of the amish considering uh in wisconsin where i'm i'm from just below wisconsin and my parents have a cottage in wisconsin still uh and in wisconsin like three quarters of the population is german i feel like uh and uh, with that known you know of course there's gonna be a great deal of amish people there <laughs> Yes, the uh, yeah, cheese, beer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, we found some sales that were going on. We we got in our new house this carpet that apparently our vacuum would not work, and so Tiffany, had, my wife, had found something, uh, and she found a deal on this vacuum that was supposed to work on a carpet like that. And so on Thanksgiving Day, we didn't go to a store, but we did purchase something. Um, there online because now sales are starting to extend on t- into day instead of just starting on Black Friday. Did you participate anyway? Black Friday or Cyber Monday or any of that? 
I did, yeah. Uh, and it's funny you mention, I mean, going into Thursday. So it seems like every single place starts Thursday at, at latest now for Black Friday, which, I mean, it's like we're living in a parallel world where uh, definitions of days doesn't matter. But even Walmart's... <laughs> Walmart uh, was known kind of get ahead of everybody, and they started their deals at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. So Wow. Well, like you said, definitions don't matter, whether it's gender, age even now. Did you hear about that guy in Europe that like wanted to... Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, he uh, wanted to be uh, younger. <laughs> so he could date younger people on a dating website, right? points for creativity yeah um, i'll give it to him so you know there, there's all that yeah yeah i mean so you got all this stuff going on with black friday and cyber monday well now there's even this thing giving tuesday what are your what are your thoughts about that yeah i think it's good i mean i think it's clearly only a little while until eventually giving tuesday starts on friday or something like that to, <laughs> you know to follow the principle uh but and i think it's a good idea uh giving tuesday seems like a good response to the consumerism that's seen in black friday and thanksgiving and a holiday that's supposed to be about giving thanks and it's more about getting stuff now uh but you know that being said honestly uh it's all pretty new uh, and uh, maybe I'm too late for the bandwagon. I'm seeing more of a movement towards it right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting timing for that to come about when Black Friday actually seems to be dying down, they say. Black Friday seems to be dying down from a going into brick-and-mortar store. But in terms of sales, it just continues to climb. Um so this, it's a good intro into what we want to talk about today, about generosity um, among the generations and um, cultivating a, a heart of generosity, a culture of in your home, your church. Uh, but talking about all the, the commercialism that goes on through Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, um, over 100 million people went to stores um, over the four-day Black Friday weekend. Really? Mm-hmm. So now that, that number is dropping, um, but... But yeah, that's still a lot of people. I mean, we're talking as close to like a third of the U.S. population. Um, wow. Now, on Thanksgiving Day, $3.7 billion of commerce happened. On Friday, $6.2 billion uh, was spent. Cyber Monday, $7.9 billion. What? And Am- I mean, that, that's serious money. Now, Amazon said that they sold more items uh, on Cyber Monday than any other day since they've been open for business. Wow, that's crazy. So, I mean, the, while people aren't going to the stores much, they're just pulling up, they're sitting on their couch, you know, eating turkey sandwiches and buying stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's the, the trend towards consuming more, buying more. Now, some of those people, they are buying gifts for other people, so that's not totally to be, you know, rebuked. But I know, I mean, I, I've looked for deals for myself or just things that were needed that weren't necessarily gifts during those times. But so we, I, you know, we both participated uh, in that. Hey, I stuff. bought a video game for myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, hey, you, you were just helping the U.S. economy along. Um, so, Tony, are, do you find, are you naturally generous? See, I think I'm pretty naturally selfish in my old sinful nature. To be honest with you, I think that on my own and prior to Christ, especially, I was not a generous person at all. Okay, yeah, I found um, I found that I, I was not. I'm still um, not the the most generous person you're going to meet. But 
the Lord has made me much more generous with time. And I remember as a kid, like I, I didn't put my money in the bank. I put them in these uh, Classico spaghetti uh, sauce jars in my room because I just wanted to see the money. I didn't want to really want to spend that much. Of it. I just wanted to see the money. And I mean, I had like $100 bills in there. I was just like, oh. Uh. And so my parents used it like an ATM. Now they would pay me back, um, but it was like, they, you know, they needed some cash quick. And so it was right there. Um, but uh, the Lord has changed the time. Now, do you, well, kids and the youth, that you've worked with, do you find them to be naturally generous or does it depend? Uh, yeah. By the way, I do have to ask you, you know, what interest rate did you charge your parents on that uh, spaghetti sauce loans? Uh, just a mild 25%. That's reasonable. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You have to get the loan sharks to go after him at some point though. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they paid every penny back that's good i'm glad to hear that you didn't have to rough them up didn't have to break any kneecaps not too much okay good i would say our youth here are really generous and volunteering uh that we actually i'm really impressed almost all of our youth and i tell their parents this a lot too almost all of our youth serve in one way one way shape or form uh, in fact, we have almost all of our youth will serve in children's ministry uh, to serve when needed, uh, which is really cool. Um, that, uh, But I think many children and youth are anything but generous uh, with their time or with their money. Uh, I think with millennials often, you'll see articles out there and with Generation Z about how these young people are just so incredibly generous. And uh, the most generous generation millennials are often said to be in articles in the Atlantic and things like that. But I've actually done the studies of the statistics. And uh, millennials' charitable giving is less than half of the percentage of population they represent. Uh, so they are giving far, far, far less uh, per portion of population than any other generation in America. In fact, though, uh, according to a lot of statistics, every generation in America for the past about 100 years has given less and has served less. Uh, but ironically, our generation just talks a ton about how we serve, even though we don't serve or, or uh, give money to much of anything. We have the incredible and unprecedented ability to, you know, publish photos of ourselves and things like that, and um, and then it's sort of like a substitute, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, one interesting <laughs> thing is, like, you know, our generation actually one of the ways that that younger generations give and see as giving charitable giving as through putting five dollars into an online fundraiser for somebody's medical bills or something like that, which is a great thing. But if you've given five dollars to somebody's medical bills, you've not been charitable for the year. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I I, um, I agree with you. I mean, I will say some people, and and it even can start as children, have a tendency to be more giving um, than some other people. Just like some people have a tendency to be more joyful and upbeat than others. They're just wired, you know, and you factor sin in as well. So, like, with my children, I've got one who is – it's just going to probably be a, a work, uh, an uphill push um, mm -hmm. 
through life um, being generous and the Lord working. There's another one who is just more naturally generous, though there are times when the selfishness clearly comes out, yeah. but you can just see it, you know, in that way. And I've seen that some with like with kids, um, you know, here at our church where many of them um, probably just more naturally and all of us, I mean, we're selfish, but some of them it's easier, I guess, to give. And that's apart from supernatural birth of the Holy Spirit. Um, so what factors are working against us um, in cultivating generous hearts in ourselves and in also the kids that we're shepherding? Yeah, so I think there's a lot. I think one significant aspect uh, that we can underplay in this is the day-to-day worries uh, about our own financial stake and our future financial security worries. Uh, so I think sometimes we feel like if if we don't put in those extra hours and uh, and serve in a way, and if we don't, you know, if we give up any of our money to church or to a charity, that uh, either we're going to not have uh, the things that we expect to have right now, or we're not going to have a robust uh, savings account that we want to have to be able to retire at 43. Uh, no, or to retire in the way that we dreamed to do. Uh, you know, and honestly, I think that can be encouraged by some Christian financial experts that uh, really, really heavily push the importance of a savings in a way that honestly can idolize financial security over charitable giving sometimes. Not to say that savings is not a very, very wise and good idea. Uh, but also I think mm-hmm. uh, selfishness I think can play into um, the lack of generosity, clearly. I mean, we don't want, you mentioned, I mean, one of your kids not being as naturally towards it. And one of my kids is not naturally towards it at all either. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and that I want, I want it mine. I want mine now. And, and that's in our simple nature. But I also think um, another aspect of it is just, it, it can be ignorance and pride. Uh, you know, even Christians can sometimes have the mentality that those that don't have what I have, well, you know, they just don't have the right work ethic. Uh, that they don't, uh, those that need me to help out, uh, it's because that they have not uh, made wise choices and things like that. And kind of a pride of, lacking awareness of the structures around us sometimes or even just the blessings of God that have allowed us to have what we have rather than through our our own picking ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Yeah, those are good things. I mean, there's some internal stuff and then also stuff around us. Um, You know, I think just culturally um, we're selfish and we have lots of advertising and advertising works. Um, I mean, it just it does, uh, and there's we have lots and lots of media consumption, whether that's television or internet stuff, YouTube ads, um, and so is we're bombarded by that, and it's just you know it's preying on the desires of our heart, and so uh, whether it's us as parents and and leaders and teachers and churches of people that are you know shepherding kids, um, all of us have those things coming at us, and so um, and the thing is even if we were in a poorer culture, we would still deal with it. Um, so I, I don't want to say, oh, it's harder in America or worse in America, but it's th- that's where we're at. So, I mean, we do have people outside America that listen to this. Um, <clears throat> and so I'd imagine probably more of them are in, in developed countries and not developing. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a significant issue. Um, so 
Do you think? I mean, kind of along those lines. Do you think that our Western affluence uh, helps or hurts us toward generosity? I know. Uh, I think it was John McEnroe, um, the great tennis player, was once at ask about his kids, and he said, you know, like basically. They lacked motivation to um, excel or push hard because they were they had affluenza. Um, <laughs> you know, he had done well financially, and so it's like, well, we're provided for, and so it kind of cuts some of the ambition. But um, do you think our affluenza here in the West uh, helps us or hurts us towards generosity? Uh, yeah. So, I my answer to that honestly is yes and no, and that maybe that's not the most helpful answer. Uh, so when thinking, you know, on a broad like a level, statist- yeah, statistical scale, I mean, we are, just factually speaking, the United States of America is the most generous country in the world. And they have been for a long, long time. Uh, it's been a tradition. As much as it's declining, um, the, uh, almost every statistic uh, shows that the two most generous countries in the world are, are some small country in Western Asia. I don't remember exactly which one it was. It's randomly up there. But then the United States is always up there. And it's not just the amount of money given. It's percentage of income given. It's uh, amount of volunteer hours given. It's just a global recognized fact that the United States... It's a very generous country uh, compared to the rest of the world. Maybe not as generous as it should be, maybe not as generous as it was in the past, but compared to the rest, the rest of countries, like it or not, it's just kind of true. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I think there's great generosity throughout the world, though. Uh, but uh, the... I don't think there's a result of our affluence. I think maybe it's a result of some Christian influence, even if we're not a Christian country. Uh, and, you know, and even when we think of this, it's funny because we do portray the negativity of the Western world and our affluence. Uh, off, some of the East Asian countries are, are ranked among dead last. China is actually dead last in generosity. Generosity is a far less heard of thing in places like China and the Eastern world. Um, but the wealthy, that being said, the wealthy, like John McEnroe, like that example, the wealthy in our country often give far less sacrificially. Uh, so Bill Gates might start charities and things like that. Uh, but a lot of statistical measurements of, of giving in a way that kind of costs you, we see that far more in America among, among the poorer uh, subgroups within America than uh, within the very, very rich. I've seen some similar measures, uh, measurements like that, um, and now you know I can't give away someone else's money, um, but uh, I mean there are some notable exceptions. Someone like Truett Cathy, who gave away ninety percent of his income, um, and I think uh, was it R. G. Letourneau, camera his initials. Yeah. But uh, yes, I mean he, he I think did something similar. Gave to like every um, Christian college that's ever existed. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, I, the Lord doesn't require that, I don't think. Um, and so in some ways, it's easier for a poor person to give more sacrificially than it is for a rich person. Um, but uh, but again, you know, you can't, you can't give away someone else's money, um, though some try. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that my, my take on it, as for what it's worth – is similar to yours that it 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 uh, it is sort of a yes and no. Um, it our generosity tends to be hurt uh, and infected because of sin, uh, but at the same time, 
it does open up the possibility for more generosity. And, and yeah, I was looking up what you're talking about, and it says, yeah, Burma or Myanmar uh, is the most yeah. <laughs> generous country per capita, and then the United States. Um, and so that is interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, how, so how would you say uh, – yeah, it's not a real big country. Uh, this is where uh, – what's his name? Judson went. Yeah, um, and like all the other countries around it are among the dead last, by the way. Really, that that's even more fascinating. Um, so, how would you say generosity is a theological issue? Yeah, I think it's a theological issue because all of our possessions and time are really gods rather than things that we've earned or things that we're entitled to, and I think that hugely shapes how we understand how we give our money, how we use our money. Uh, I think also when we are eschatological, when we think of eschatology and God's future for this world, uh, we see giving as an investment rather than as something that we're really even sacrificing, that we're losing out on. Uh, you know, seeing that new kingdom mentality and understanding how the Bible teaches uh, theologically that we invest into eternity by what we give today and get eternal rewards based upon our faithfulness in this life, I think changes our view of giving. Uh, but also, in a really broader level of connection to the gospel, we see what God gave. And that's a theological point of God's giving his, his own very own son uh, for us, Jesus giving himself uh, the greatest possible gift, and how dare we hoard what we have when God has given us everything, even the life, even the um, breath within our lungs. That's that's a really good take on that. Um, yeah, and I mean, God is a generous God. He made us in His image, and then for His people, He's recreating us to become like Him. And so, um, it is very much a becoming what we are to be. Um, what God made designed us to be. And Jesus himself talks a lot about possessions. I mean, he talks about heaven and hell more than anyone else in the Bible. And he talks about money and possessions more than he talks about heaven and hell. I think it's an indicator of where our heart is. And so I think that's a, a key way that we are to be generous. It's not just with our money and possessions, but that is a, a key way. So how can we fight against selfishness and consumption in our families, especially as we see what we've come to know as Christmas uh, here in the West approaches and the, the engulfing greed that comes with it? Um, how can we work against that? Yeah, I think one um – we, I think, participate in an offering together as a family. So one thing I'm really glad that our church is bringing back was that at our church for a while we kind of had the offering in a, uh, a big wooden thing in the back of the church and people would just put their money in on their way out the door. And I, th I understand that. And a lot of people give online and I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, but now we've decided to kind of bring back uh, passing the plate. Uh, and I think there's a beauty in that because it's an act of worship and we see us give together and us worship together in our giving, not paying attention to how much somebody else is giving, but seeing uh, that our giving is connected to our worship to God rather than just something that we have to do to financially support our worship of God, which is still true. Mm. Uh, but also, I think having families doing it together have kids participate in the offering. I love when you see a parent have a child give their quarter from uh, their allowance, you know, in the offering. I think there's a beauty in that. Uh, I also think uh, we help 
fight against this together as families by encouraging families to serve together. And I think there are some great examples I've seen in our church of families really serving the Lord in the church and in society in general together. Uh, I think even one of my greatest bonding times I remember with my dad uh, towards the end of high school, actually it was on a college break during a, during a winter break in college. Uh, we went out and we uh, helped uh, with a large uh, farm that uh, was burnt down and we helped kind of clear up some of the rubble and stuff like that and debris and I think it was a really bonding important time for us uh, one thing that we do we did at my previous church and we're going to do at Faith Family is something called Family Service Saturday where we come together and uh, we help those who are in need by providing uh, some shoe boxes with some toys and stuff like that uh, for those who wouldn't get Easter Easter stuff it's not a Christmas thing as much those who would get easter gifts hmm okay that's neat yeah i think those are some great very practical ideas um i think another thing to not always make the biggest gift uh that you give to be within your family um you know and, and to let your kids know that even especially as they get older and they can really appreciate the, the value of a dollar and tell them, you know, and I'm not saying that necessarily you do that every year, but at Christmas time, you know, maybe you're going to give to missions or some family in need or something like that. Um, and it, I think it would send a statement um, to them, especially when they can appreciate the, the significance of that. Um, but I, I really like that the serving together, giving, be generous with your time. Um, and then, you know, something that we're trying to do more of as a family Um we, we had done it in the past, and then we got through just a season with kids and things that was, was challenging, and so just we just didn't push maybe as hard as we should have at times. But to, to show hospitality as a family, so not just entertain people at Christmas time and have some you know nice party, but just to show hospitality, to love, invite people into our life. And um, so, well, what do you think about asking for or encouraging or allowing however you want to parse that uh the christmas wish list and sometimes that you, you could read that as a demand list um yeah. do you think those are is that a helpful thing you think it's hurtful or you just think it's kind of neutral you know i think lists like this i think it can help the gift uh giver be best be generous in some ways uh, you know, I, I think I'm not very good at reading people and guessing what people want. And when people give me a gift list, I, I feel like I can find the best things that would really serve them and that they would enjoy. But that being said, I do I do see your point. It can, I think, really create a consumeristic entitlement. But what do you think about that? It sounds like you have more thoughts on that. Uh yeah, I mean, it'd be similar to yours. I think it can be helpful if someone overtly says, "Hey, um, I, you know, I want to get you something that you'd like. Can you give me some guidance on that? Um, there's something that you need." But I th it can also lend itself towards just this expectation, like, "I want, I want, I want," and none of us really need to be. We don't need help to covet, you know. <laughs> Um, and so I know Tiffany, my wife used to work with people that they were talking about, Oh, you know, my kid, they put on their list and it was all these like super expensive electronic <laughs> items and they felt this obligation. Like they had to get them because they were on the list. I'm like, that's like a, what Xbox one or wherever it was at the time. And, a, this phone. And I mean, we're talking like serious cash for these things. And it's like, just say, well, no, I, I mean, I just didn't in my, we had kids at the time, just very young. Um, and I, 
so to me, it seemed easy just to say, well, no, you're not going to get that. But um, I think some of these kids were older. Um, but even, I mean, when I was growing up, uh, I, I didn't assume that I was going to get everything that I wanted. And I, I it was, just, yeah. I don't know, personal issues. But like I didn't – I felt weird asking for things. Now my parents would you know, beg me to tell, tell me something <laughs> that you want so we don't get you underwear and pencils. Um and they still tell me that, you know, today, but it wasn't all just, you know, righteousness and like, oh, no. Um, but anyway, I, I think, yeah, it, it can be – in some ways it can be neutral, but, you know, sin gets in there and messes everything up. So It does. Um, so how do you think that churches can encourage generosity among different generations uh, in the church, grandparents, parents, just kind of different groups? So with grandparents, I think uh, you can teach uh, them to give and also uh, serve even kids or youth. Uh, so, you know, I think there are some times in which the generation of grandparents in churches or in families can reach a point where they feel, you know, I've done my time, I've served, uh, and uh, I've gotten my service to the Lord in. And I don't think that's a very generous or Christ-like attitude. And there are those that very much fight against that mentality. But uh, I think we all grandparents, all older generations, should seek to be a model, I think, even to younger generations, of serving sacrificially. Uh, for parents, I think one important way we can do that is to uh, teach about idolatry of kids from the pulpit. And how we so many times, especially around Christmas time, we idolize our kids. That's why we give the most expensive gifts sometimes to our kids, but don't give it all uh, to missions and stuff like that. And uh, and I think even teach about how helping, how giving away as a family actually helps our kids. And it teaches our kids something important, more important than having the new nicest Xbox would. Um, and then for youth. I love that. I think Paul's teachings of the benefit of singleness, I think, are really helpful here. Actually, where Paul talks about, for those who are single, he says that uh, there's benefits in it because he sees it as an opportunity to serve the church in a way that you don't beforehand. We often see kind of the teenage years, the years of being single, whether you're a teen or any other age, is just a time to live for yourself. Uh, but that's not what the Bible says. It says use these freedom as an opportunity to serve others. Uh, and I think also another way you encourage generosity is to treat them as church family today and expect them to serve, not see them as a future church that just gets, 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 gets from the church. And I think that's one of the great shames in youth ministry it can be that um, you know we treat the, the, church, the youth as just a future church, so we just have to invest into them and not expect them to serve and it hurts them. But for kids, I think the past plate, I think, uh, let them see that as a great way. Um, but also, I think, give them opportunities to serve. At my previous church, we had kids give out the kid, a kid's bulletin uh, that followed along with the sermon. And one child every week would serve by helping during the offering time and giving those out. Uh, but what do you think on all those different categories, Ben? Well, I really like what you had to say, uh, and we we use the children's bulletins. But I like your idea <clears throat> of having a child help to pass those out. Just, um, but yeah, including them in service in different ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much to add on that. I think that was those are just, you know, very well thought out, practical ways. Um, so, how can parents and guardians 
um, just encourage generosity in their kids generally. Is there anything else that we, you know, because we've covered a lot of this um, specific to Christmas time, but um, just more generally, anything that you think is helpful that we haven't discussed? You know, I'll let you mostly take this one, but I do have to ask, do you think, uh, if you think this might be a good idea, I was thinking, what if we, especially for parents of young children, got our kids like the really nice Christmas gifts for Christmas and had them unwrap it with a gift receipt and then tell these kids uh, that uh, these nice gifts are going to be what we actually use to uh, give to charity this year. And we're going to return these nice gifts that you guys are really excited about. Do you think that would be a really good thing for families? <laughs> <laughs> that might provoke them to anger, but uh, wow. So, I mean, here's I, one, and I, I'm only halfway joking, but stop watching commercials, you know? Um, and I, what got me thinking about that the other day, we had the TV on. We, we honestly don't watch a whole lot of TV in our house. Um, some of it's just practical. We're just doing stuff, and then some of it's on purpose, but um, – Anyway, there was something on like a, a game, um, and we were also playing, just playing around on the floor. And there was an ad that came on for like Victoria's Secret model show or whatever was going on, and um, and she's like, "Oh, we need to make sure that the TV in the next few days that we're not, you know, just that it's not just on because of that ad because we didn't want our our mm-hmm. kids to see that." And, uh, and I got to think, you know, just the, the kinds of ads. And I know a professor of ours um, at seminary talked about, you know, when they would watch something as a family, they would, if when it came commercial time, they would change the channel to the cooking network. And uh, some of that it was more of the sexual stuff, um, sexual nature of a lot of ads. But he said, now, you know, you're not going to see th- these kind of uh, things in our house. Now, you may gain 50 pounds from watching the Food Network, you know, but you're not going to see all this other stuff. Because I'm partly joking, but I mean, I think there is something to just not inundating yourself further with, you know, hey, buy this. You need this. You're a loser if you don't have this. You don't have friends. Um, But, um, you know, in some of the things that we talked about with just giving and serving as a family, um, I think that that is um, really important. And and lifting up the generosity of God uh, regularly, just about how, how. he is a generous God. And there's a song, you probably know it too, but God loves a generous heart um, because it's a heart like his own heart. It's from uh, Walking with the Wise CD, which I think we've mentioned on here before. But um, <clears throat> that's something that, you know my kids have heard a lot. And then sometimes, you know, when there's a, a moment for teaching, remember God loves a generous heart because it's, mm-hmm. it's a heart like his own. Um, and so just regularly pointing to that. Uh, and and if, if we really believe what Jesus said, that it's more blessed to give than to receive, then you know, working towards that and, and holding that out like, yes, you will experience the joy of the Lord as you, as you act like him. Um, so, so, yeah. Well, I mean, I think these, these were helpful things to just elaborate on, to, to mull over um, as we get into this this time of year that's uh, can be a wonderful time of generosity, but also it can cultivate uh, greed. If we're not careful, we can just uh, become very covetous and things like that uh, at this time of the year. And, and as we try to, to shepherd the kids and the young people that God has entrusted to, to our spiritual care. Uh, so we hope this episode is uh, hopefully it's helpful in, in your own family, Tony and, and mine and our churches and then those that listen. Um, and if, if you guys want to email 
us. Uh, we would love to hear from you, uh, feedback, ideas for future shows. But it's you can email us at the TFM podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good Christmas. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.